Welcome to the U.S.-China Insights Podcast from the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations. In this episode, Oriana Schuyler Mastro, Assistant Professor of Security Studies at Georgetown University and a Jean Kirkpatrick Visiting Scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, explains the similarities and differences between the current U.S.-China relationship and the American-Soviet relationship of the Cold War era. What were the characteristics of the U.S.-USSR relationship during the Cold War? The relationship between the United States and the Soviet Union was primarily defined by an ideological clash in which the Soviet Union wanted to build a world of communist countries and the United States wanted to promote one that was more democratic and capitalist in nature. So one defining difference is that ideological component and the second is the means through which both sides tried to achieve their goals. I would say foreign military interventions and proxy wars in other words, the military aspect of the relationship was the defining characteristic of that competition. Another issue between those two countries is the fact that the two sides weren't really engaged with one another and they were both trying to build separate spheres of influence. So they weren't actually directly competing on a day-to-day basis. Uh, they were trying to build up separate areas where they had outcompeted the other. What are the defining traits of the U.S.-China relationship today? I would argue that currently the competition is mainly in the political and economic spheres. And the military aspect of the competition is increasing over time, though it's not as much of a defining feature as it was between the United States and the Soviet Union. Furthermore, the competition is still mainly regional. The contours of what the region means has expanded uh, over China's rise from East Asia uh, to include now Uh, Southeast Asia, Central Asia, as well as South Asia, so it's kind of the whole Indo-Pacific. But I would argue that this competition is not really global, but more regional. Another aspect is that the United States and China has much more engagement with one another, whether it's people-to-people relations or in international institutions. Uh, This is a good thing because it allows for more understanding and more dialogue, but it also means because we are trying to compete with each other in the same space, that there's actually uh, more room for friction as well. How do you see the U.S. and China coexisting as competitors without heading into a new Cold War? So I would argue that a new Cold War is not the worst case scenario that we can have. Uh, In the U.S.-China relationship, there is much higher a possibility of actually a hot war between the two countries than existed between the Soviet Union and the United States. And so if the scenario that we find ourselves in is one in which There's more and more competition between the two sides and perhaps the two countries are moving farther apart. I would argue that that's better than alternatives in which the two sides actually end up fighting a war. That being said, it would obviously be more ideal if engagement and areas of cooperation continued between the two sides as the competitive elements uh, got more and more tense. But in general, I think currently the United States and China define both of our interests in such a way in the region that it's highly unlikely that uh, tensions and increased uh, competition over time can be avoided. Why do you think there is a greater possibility of a hot war? So I think there's two reasons. Uh, The first is the 
The Chinese military and the U.S. military don't share the same symmetries of power as the United States and Soviet Union did. So we don't have the same conventional deterrence present. And we also don't have the same nuclear um, deterrence presence because it's unclear whether we have a relationship of mutually assured destruction with the Chinese. In other words, I think quite reasonably, China has pursued a different nuclear doctrine in which they have a quite limited number of nuclear weapons and they are prepared to use those nuclear weapons only to deter nuclear use. What that means is that they are, uh, the Chinese haven't leveraged those to try to deter conventional conflict. And so that's why I think the United States considers more conventional possibilities. And also we have all these outstanding territorial disputes uh, between uh, China and U.S. allies that could potentially drag the two sides uh, into a conflict. Are there any specific policies that could be adopted to prevent a new Cold War dynamic? The problem I see is not the policies that the two sides have. Right now, policies are derived from how the two countries are defining their national interests. And in Xi Jinping's China, the national interest is defined in such a way that it precludes a very strong U.S. military presence. For example, with the South China Sea, China's interpretation of international law um, is such that the United States military can't be present there. For the United States, um, Washington defines its own national interests as being present in Asia, militarily, uh, in that if, if the United States can't defend its allies and partners, it loses its leadership role. And given the global nature now of threats and competition, uh, the United States believes it has to be able to operate freely around the world, even to protect the homeland. So given that China defines its national security in such a way that it wants the U.S. military farther away, in the United States, we define our national security such that we need uh, to be closer to China, it is kind of hard to avoid this conflict of interest. And then you see the policy stemming from that. So you'd have to basically see a completely, just a rethinking and a reformulation in both capitals about what they need uh, to be secure and what they need to protect their national interests globally.